exploring your landscape of curiosity. If we take a really high-level view of learning in the context of the social age, we could consider that we each individually operate within a landscape. Part of that landscape is the formal structures of education, the formal structures of organisations, and the social structures that surround it. That's the reality that we operate within. Some learning takes place within these formal structures, learning that we are given within specific domains of operation around known types of knowledge in order to be effective. Indeed, you could see that most of our formal structures of education, both inside and outside organisations, are geared up to enable people to do known things in known spaces. But our landscape of curiosity is broader than that. And I just wanted in this episode to consider this notion of a landscape of curiosity. Your landscape is probably different from mine. Some of the key geographical features may be the same. We may see the same mountain ranges. We may see the same forests and the same oceans in the distance. But the journey that we take through that landscape is going to be different. And I find that this is useful as an analogy to consider what curiosity will look like within an organisation. As we move beyond the formal domains of learning, teaching people the things we need them to know to allow us to be effective at scale in consistent and replicable ways, we move into the world of curiosity. And many organisations are fascinated about how to unlock curiosity. Often they're focused on the reward at the end, but they nonetheless recognise that curiosity is probably a cornerstone of innovation and change. It's probably the light which will show them the way to go in the future if they can aggregate the learning at scale, if they can understand how your curiosity and my curiosity relate to the organisational imperative for curiosity and the direction we're going in. So I guess we could think about it like this. How do we give people the space and the tools to understand and explore their own landscape? And how will we capture and hear their travel notes as they do so? Well, there are probably a few factors at play here. The first is to understand exactly what we mean by curiosity. It's probably a kind of unbridled ability to look beyond that which is known. So curiosity, funnily enough, probably starts with the things that we do know, but then looks at the areas that we want to crack open and know more about. So, you know, another way of describing curiosity might be to say curiosity happens at the boundaries of our own ignorance. You know, the things that we know, the things that we don't know, what's over the horizon, what's beyond the summit. So understanding that every individual will have a different perspective on this landscape, a different perspective of curiosity. But actually, we may need to do some work to understand where that is. You can't be sort of endlessly curious about everything. You have to sort of understand where you are going to explore first. So possibly one of the more useful approaches we can take is to help people chart and document their own landscape of curiosity and then help them build the tools to support curiosity. And what would those tools be? Well, you know, it could be the tools of exploration, to understand research, to understand experimentation, to understand validity, to understand the nature of knowledge, to understand frames and paradigms. Because as we explore, we are always constrained by the things that we already know. So our curiosity doesn't take place in the abstract. 
it takes place in the context of everything we already know to be true. And some of that is things that we know through conscious thought. And some of it is culturally held. And it's so obvious as to be invisible. So our ways of understanding the world can very often constrain our curiosity because they almost invalidate areas that we can be curious within. Some things are just so true that we fail to be curious about them. So a key skill for curiosity will be to understand what are those things that we take to be true and where can we shine our light next. It's easy to talk about curiosity, but it's very hard to actually unlock it because it requires a whole range of things, at least if we wish to unlock it culturally, organisationally at scale. And one of the most obvious things is that it takes us from a place of certainty to a place of uncertainty. So if you are not curious and I am not curious, we are both safe because we inhabit a world that we know and understand. However, if we are curious, we kind of break ourselves. We move ourselves into a space where those things that we knew to be true maybe are not true. We move the boundaries of our ignorance. We move ourselves into a space of uncertainty. And uncertainty in organisational language means risk. And organisations are typically superb at understanding risk and mitigating it. So potentially the battle at play here is the battle between risk and curiosity. How can you remain safe but not too safe? How can you be curious without breaking things? And that is the challenge as we explore the landscape of curiosity for the individual and for the organisation. Key questions we could ask ourselves and the organisation around curiosity would be this. Firstly, we could ask ourselves, where is the space for operation? What areas are we allowed to be curious within and where may our curiosity take us? A second thing we can consider is what frames do we operate within? So how much are we being curious in the same way as other people or other competitors in the same industry? And how much are we being curious in new spaces? So understanding the frame of operation and then collectively how we could challenge or fracture that frame may be the key to unlocking the kind of curiosity which can give us a true paradigm shift. It's unlikely to be curiosity within a known space that does that. (laughs) 